Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, amen. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. When we were with Bishop Hammond, he would uh, wake everybody up by shouting hallelujah. But I don't want to uh, copy his trademark. Maybe sometime I will, but not this morning. I was thinking this morning that we're here because of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're here for the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's our focus in the next hour or so. But uh, I wanted to uh, share with you, you know, Katie talks about the word, and the more, the more we use the word, the word is the sword, and the, sh- the more we use the sword, the sharper it gets. And so uh, what we don't use the sword on each other. We use the sword to heal each other, but we use the sword of the Spirit to uh, drive back the forces of darkness. But here's what the Scripture says when we, um, <clears throat> when we gather together for the Word of God. He says in Malachi, this is just, this isn't the sermon, the message, but it's part of it. But he says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, he says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. What do we speak to one another? We speak the word of God. We speak the blessings of God. We talk about the miracles. We talk about the blessings of God. You know, if you, if you don't like miracles anymore, then stop talking about the big ones and the small ones. When we start taking the miracles of God, the blessings of God for granted, and we just expect it, then we're going to see less and less of it. So we need to talk about and not only talk about, but uh, rejoice and give thanks for everything that happened. Now, you know, I was in the hospital with COVID, you know, and, and I got treatment. But, you know, if it wasn't for the Lord, I still wouldn't be here. Because uh, I wasn't even planning on going to the hospital. I thought, well, I'll just sleep it off. Well, I would have slept it off all right. <laughs> but I was just going to sleep it off. I was okay. You know, I didn't even, I didn't think I had any symptoms except just being extremely exhausted. And um, uh, Rebecca, my daughter, she said, speaking to Melody, she says, If he's not better by tomorrow morning, I'm taking him to the hospital. Well, I failed to tell you that I got up and collapsed to the floor. But uh, (laughs) she says, if he's not better by tomorrow morning, then I'm taking him to the hospital. And the Lord spoke to her at that moment and said, take him now. And (laughs) she called Scott and Donna. I, I couldn't figure out why they were there. You know, when you're in delirious, when you're delirious, you can't figure anything out anyway. 
But they came over to help me get into the car. I thought, I don't need no help getting in a car, but whatever. But I thank God. I thank God for what he did, and I thank God for what the doctors and nurses did. But man, if it isn't God, you're not going to make it. Come on. Let's thank God. Do you have any big miracles you can thank God about? Do you have any what you call little miracles you can thank God about? You need to be talking about them. Because it says here, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. We're talking about what the Lord does. And it says, and the Lord listened to them. Do you know that God's always listening to you? Even when you got the lights out. I'm thinking of a country song, but I don't know if I should sing it. No, I better not. But it talks about when they turn out the light. Anyway. So, the Lord listened to them. You know that God listened to the children of Israel every time they complained. But the Lord listens to us every time we talk about his goodness and mercy and his grace. And we talk about the big things or the little things, however we want to label them. But you know what? The Lord does this. He says, so a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and for those who meditated on his name. Now, this isn't the book of life. Whoever, uh, in Revelation, it says, whoever name was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We're not talking about that book. This is a book of remembrance so that for those that talk about the Lord, that talk about his blessing, that meditate on his name, he remembers that. He wants to remember it because he wants to bless you for it. And not only bless you for it, but when you talk about the testimonies of the Lord, it encourages it to happen again, not only in you, but also in the people that hear you. I remember listening to a preacher one time, and I was just starting to go to Bible school. And he was a preacher of a fairly large church at the time we were going and he was telling things, and I thought, if the Lord can use him, he can use me. And I had real low self-esteem at the time, so I thought, man, if God can use him, he can use me. So when you're telling stories about what the Lord's done, well, if God will do it for them, he'll do it for me. We've got to have that faith and that that belief stirred up on the inside of us, but it's not done there. This isn't even the message. But it is a message. It says, so he says, I'm going to write a book of remembrance. He says, they shall be mine. When you talk about the Lord and you meditate on your name and meditate on his name and you're telling each other about it, the Lord says, that one's mine. I don't have any kids like this, but some people say that... That's your kid. <laughs> you know, anyway. Both of my kids are mine. And hers. Hallelujah. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. He says, on that day I will make them jewel, my jewels. 
and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then, then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. So when we're talking about the Lord, God is labeling us that this one's mine and you're gonna be able to tell whether this one belongs to the Lord or serves him and this one doesn't. Silence is not golden. Now, if you're complaining, it would be. <laughs> but if you're talking about the Lord, you need to express, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Well, let's get to the message. We're going to be talking about today overcoming, the, overcoming identity theft. Has anybody ever had your identity stolen in the natural? Well, let me tell you about it. Somebody, if somebody gets a hold of your credit card, somebody gets a hold of your social security number, somebody gets a hold of your bank account, they can steal your identity. And you know, they can empty your bank account. They can empty your bank account. How many of you, well, some of you say, well, that wouldn't be much. <laughs> but some of you put a hurting on. Even if you don't have much, even if you don't have much in there, you don't want to lose it. You don't want to give it to somebody else. You know, they can get new credit cards. They can buy cars. They could even buy a house. They can even sell your house that you're living in. So identity theft is a serious thing. You know, in the spirit world, or we talk about the natural world and we talk about the spirit world, we are spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body, God is spirit. We're dealing with spirits. In the spirit world, if you don't know who you are or you let the hurts and wounds and tragedies warp how you see yourself, it will wreck your life. In the natural, identity theft will wreck your life. In the supernatural, if you don't believe what God says about you, I'm not talking about how you feel about yourself. You might, you'll have to remember, uh, this is a, a 70s song. You might, you'd be going around, blue, blue, my world is blue. Blue is my world, now I'm without you. Anybody remember that one, Lena? <laughs> Hallelujah. Blue. I hear somebody humming it. <laughs> I did a Beatles song one time and some lady came up to me two weeks later and said, don't ever do that again because that was in my head for two weeks. <laughs> but if you don't believe what God says about you, it will wreck your emotional life and it will wreck your natural life because you won't feel like you're good enough or qualified enough to do what God wants you to do. You might not even, you might even want to work somewhere, but you don't feel like you can do it or you're qualified. Well, let God be the qualifier. God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 
Now, you might have to work at it. You might have to study it. You might have to be trained for it. But the reality is, is God can train you. God can, God can teach you how to read. You might not think so, but God taught me how to read. When I graduated from high school, I think they were just pushing them through. <laughs> you know, just pushing them through. So when I was in the Navy, I started reading my Bible. And it was the King James at first. Glory to God. You have to have, you have, to have the anointing <laughs> for that. Well, my sister, the, the Lord must have spoke to my older sister. She bought me uh, a living translation. You know, well, I don't believe in that. Well, at least I could read it. <laughs> Come on. So, so if you don't believe, if we don't believe what God says about us, it can wreck our lives. It will allow an open door for the enemy to come in to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says, give no place to the devil. And when we begin to feel like that we are, that we are less than what God says we are, we've opened the door for him to come in and wreck, first of all, our emotional life, and also our confidence. The Bible says this is the confidence that we have in him. We are to have confidence. Turn to somebody and say, have confidence. Be bold. Be strong. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, come on. I, I want you to be bold over there. Come on now. In the name of Jesus. Hey, thank you, Lord. We need to realize that when we're born again, we become children of God. Do we have any born again people in here? You're born again. When you are born again, you get rid of the old nature and you bring on the new nature. And if you're not born again, we can fix that real quick. When you're born again, you become a child of God and God elevates you to a place that's hard for you to fathom. I think, was it Josh Groban that sang the song, He Raised Me Up? Well, that's the truth. Well, I don't feel, I don't care what you feel, you're raised up. You're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are up. Don't go around telling people how down you are. If you need help, then go ahead. But the reality is, is that we are continually believing the father of lies. Many Christians, even though they're aware of what God says about them, they still walk, they still do not walk in a faith that brings the reality of who they are in Christ. Well, you can change that. You know, you know things that are worthwhile actually take a little work. Oh, you're preaching works now. I'm not preaching works. There was a group of people that Jesus fed. He fed the multitude, and then he slips out of town crosses the ocean, they're looking for him, or not the ocean, the sea. 
they're looking for him. When they find him, they say, hey, Jesus. They say, what, was, what must we do to do the works of God? And Jesus said, believe on him who sent me. Now, your belief is going to motivate you to action. If I believe I love my wife, it will motivate me to action. When I cut the grass, she knows I love her. When I pick up my dirty clothes, she knows I love her. When I do those things, she knows. Why? Because she see, when she sees that, I can't go any deeper than that, but. <laughs> I gain favor, yes. And you can figure that out, but. So God says, we are made in the image of God. You're made in the image of God. Now, when I, when I look at you, I see you're, I'm looking at you. Don't look away. When I look at you, you're, I know that you're made in the image of God. Thank you, Lord. He says in Genesis chapter 126, he says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, mankind. Let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. Say dominion. That means when you have dominion, you have dominion over certain area. We don't have, I don't have dominion over you. You mean you can't tell me what to do? I can give you what God says, but I can't, I don't have dominion over you to make you do it. I have dominion over the spirits of darkness, but I don't have dominion over you. You don't have dominion over me. I thought when I got married, I had dominion over my wife. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's why she said the first year of marriage was hell. <laughs> For both of us. Anyway. But we've been married a long time, 47 years in June. If you live that long, you will. Okay. You know, they say you're as young as you feel. Some days I feel in my 20s. <laughs> Some days we won't even talk about it. But he says, Let them, uh, let's make man in our image. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I want to tell you just a little story. I shouldn't, but I'm going to. Uh, there's these preachers that, you know, if I would mention their names, you would probably know some of them. And they like to do bass fish fishing. Well, they read in the scripture that God said he gives us dominion. Fish of the sea, the fowl of the air. So when they go bass fishing, 
they command those fish <laughs> to come. Now, I don't bass fish, so I don't know. But they claim that those fish come. Now, who am I to argue? Now, I believe, uh, I had a dog. I didn't have a dog. I was working at a, uh, I was working for the city of Kansas City in the Parks and Recreation Department, and I was on a lunch break, and I was sitting by myself under a tree, and it was a community. We were working at a park area, and there was this dog, this big dog, that came over and started growling at me. He started growling at me. And you know, I've, I've already been bit in the face by a dog. He say, that's why you're so, <laughs> no. But anyway, so that dog's over here growling at me. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. And that dog start growling, stopped growling, turned around and walked away from me. I give you dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. He also says, I will make, I will make man in my, or mankind in my image. A lot of times we focus on our outward appearance. How many of you looked in the mirror this morning before you came? That's because we're aware of our outward appearance. We focus on our outward appearance. Nothing wrong with it. Looks like some of you didn't, but I won't point you out. But <laughs> you know, if you don't if you don't keep it light, you lose people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, we focus on the outward, but you know what? We're made in God's image. What God? What's God look like? What color is God? Is he Asian? Is he Middle Eastern? Is he white? Is he black? God is spirit. Yeah, you, you are made in the image of God. God is spirit. You are a spirit. Mm -hmm. And when your spirit decides to vacate your body, you're still alive <laughs> and made in the image of God. So don't try to think, well, you know, this is a, this is a white gospel. This is a, no. God is spirit. Come on. Besides, he made us all anyway. But he says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. The Lord calls his people to rule the earth. God has given you authority to rule your area of dominion. Okay. All right. Just to back that up, Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, to him who loved us. How many know God loves you? How many of you know God loves you when you're good? How many know God loves you when you're bad? How many know God is a good God, good God and he will discipline his children when they need it? Oh, we're losing some. God loves us. He who loves his child will discipline them. 
not with evil. I don't have time to go into all of that. But sometimes correction is just course correction. You're going down the wrong road. Have you ever gone down the wrong road? What'd you have to do? You had to make a course correction. It took you a little time, but you did it. God's not always, some of us looking at, looking at like God's got the heavenly bat and he's just waiting for you to make a mistake so he can bop you. No, he just wants you to make the course correction. I don't recommend the movie because I don't like the main guy in it, but. Uh, I think there was a movie, oh, there was a movie called Bruce Almighty. And uh, <laughs> in the movie, he's, he's just trying, oh, God, give me a sign. <laughs> and there's all these signs along the road. <laughs> and then, oh, God, give me a sign. And then a truck full of signs <laughs> pulls out in front of him. It's just like the God, uh, well, you know, the floods come and, oh, God, save me, save me. Rowboat comes by. No, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. <laughs> Something else comes along. And then the helicopter comes. No, I'm waiting on God to save me. Well, the guy drowns. He said, God, why didn't you save me? He said, I tried to. I sent the rowboat. I sent the other one. I sent the helicopter. But you didn't receive my salvation. How many of you know in the spiritual realm, that's the truth also? God's trying to save people all the time. He's still seeking and saving that which is lost. Right. Hallelujah. So to him who loved us and washed us. Notice this is past tense. He loved you from the past. He loved you before you were born. Jesus was the lamb crucified before the foundation of the world. Before you ever sinned, there was a savior that already took care of your sin. Then he goes on to say, and has made us kings and priests to our God. Sounds like he wants us to have dominion. Has made us kings and priests to our God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You say, well, but I've sinned. But this Bible verse here says that the blood of Jesus took care of it. Some of you, are, you have confessed your sin. It's been washed in the blood of Jesus, but the liar, the father of lies, keeps coming along and accusing you and accusing you and accusing you, and you're falling for it when you're already forgiven. Oh, God, forgive me my sin. They say, God says, What's the, what are they talking about? Doesn't the Bible say that he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west and he buries them in the deepest sea? Come on. Turn to somebody and say you're forgiven. Well, we're still in, uh, we're still somewhere. Oh yeah, we're, uh, we're still in Genesis actually. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created him, male and female. He created them, then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Subdue the earth. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. 
This is how God sees you. And even though there was a bump in the road, God never changed his mind. God never decided, well, they screwed up, so I'm just going to take it away from them. They can't handle it. They can't handle the pressure. The reality is, is that you mess up God, and you confess and you get cleaned up and God will give it to you again. How many of you had to learn to drive? How many of you did it perfect the first time? You said, well, let's just go take the test. Man, I re- my dad, <laughs> dear Lord, I think he lost his mind <laughs> trying to teach me how to drive. I think he lost it before, but... It even got worse. I ran up over curve, you know. Of course, he was making me nervous. You ever been around somebody that's making you nervous and they're yelling at you to tell you what to do? Well, God's not yelling at you. God says, hey, you had a bump in the road. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Let's try. How many of you have been a perfect father? Woo. Perfect mother. Try it again. Try it again. I don't know how many times Melody repented to our kids. She did enough repenting, I didn't even have to. (laughs) Glory to God. So what happens? What happens when we listen to the father of lies? When we listen to the father of lies, then... You know, I was going to take you to Genesis chapter 3, but how many of you know in Genesis chapter 3, man disobeyed God? And don't blame it on the woman because the man was right there. Okay? So anyway, they believed the father of lies. Satan started lying to them immediately. And they believed it. So what happens when we believe the father of lies? It says in Romans chapter 6, 16, he says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are slaves to whom you obey? He goes on to say, whether sin leading to death or of obedience leading to life. So if we obey our God, we are Slaves of God, but it leads us to life. If we obey the powers of darkness, then we are slaves of Satan and it leads us to death. You know, how many of you know there's more than just the death of the spirit leaving the body? There's more to that. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to John chapter 8. I'm going to talk about the father of lies a little bit. Jesus said to them, if, if God were your father, you would love me. How many of you know if God's your father, God is love and you would love? If God were your father, you would love me. He's speaking to the religious leaders that want to kill him. He says, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. 
He says, why, he says, why do you not understand? Okay. He says in verse 44, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. So anytime you are not believing what God says, you are, a, you are listening to the father of lies who will lead you to death. It could be a death in a relationship. It could be a death in your job. You used to love your job. You praise God for getting you the job. And now after a few weeks, then you are complaining with everybody else because we're listening to the father of lies. If you don't like the job, go find something else. They got, they got signs all over the place we're hiring. Thank you, Jesus. In Ephesians, now this is going to get positive if I have enough time. But in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, he says, And you he made alive. How many yous we have here? Are you a person? You, he's speaking to you, not you, lamb. He's speaking to yous. All right. And you who and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which we in which we walked, once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of, of disobedience. He says, among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath just as others. So when we listen to the father of lies, we open ourselves up to wrath. How many of there's more than one kind of wrath? If you're a child of God, you are not, you are not subject to the wrath of God. I'll get an amen out of somebody. Some, you know, there's some that get scared by the, they have the smell of smoke on them, but they make it. He said, he said, you were by nature the children of wrath, but when you became born again, you got a new nature. You got a new nature. You're born again. You don't have the nature of the world anymore. You have the nature of God. But that nature's in your spirit and you've got to, re you've got to re retrain that mind because your old mind wants to do the things you always did. You're a new creation. You're a band, brand new man. Old things are passed away. You're born again. More than a conqueror, that's who you are. You're a new creation. You're a brand new man. A woman. Come on. Are you still here? You're going home. Okay. So do we see Jesus? Do we see Jesus? Uh, do we see why Jesus paid that terrible price? Because we 
were sons of darkness. Jesus had to pay that price. But you know, later on in that chapter, he says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, turn to somebody and say, great love. Because of his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he made us alive together, alive in Christ. Say, I'm alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so we must not only have the inner man restored, but we also need the wounds healed. Some of you are new creatures in Christ, but you're still crying over the old wounds. What's the scripture say in, he, in Proverbs? Proverbs 18, verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? What's that have to do with what you're talking about? When you feed yourself the word and you allow the Holy Spirit to make that word alive in you, it heals your wounds. You don't have to be rejected. You don't have to be feel like you're left out. You don't have to feel like a failure because you're not a failure in God. You are an overcomer. God already said it. Yep. Hallelujah. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. How do we get those wounds healed? He sent his word. And healed them. Now, there is the word Jesus, the word who was made flesh, but we also have this word right here that if we will get it and meditate on it, it will heal the wounds of our inner man. I know you're tired. The Super Bowl's not until 6.30, so I got all day. All right. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that men would give thanks. Give thanks for what? Give thanks for what the healer's done. Give thanks for what God has said about you. Give thanks for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. When is Thanksgiving a sacrifice? When you don't feel like doing it. When is Thanksgiving a sacrifice? When it doesn't appear that God has, has kept his promise. You'll be like those people in, in Malachi chapter 3. You're talking about the Lord and the Lord right writes a book. He says, I don't want to forget these. I want to bless them. I'm going to make them jewels of my crown. He says, let them offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Let me ask you a question. Are you taking your medicine? What do you mean am I taking my medicine? Do not, let this word, do not let this word depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart, for it is life unto those that find them and medicine to all your flesh. Are you taking your medicine? 
Are you taking what it are you taking what it's necessary to heal your wounded inner man? Now you're a new creation in Christ, but you also have a part of your inner man that has been wounded. Katie, uh, a long time ago, I'm going to use this as a prop sometime, but for my birthday, uh, she gave me the sheriff star. It's hanging in my it's hanging in my office. And it says Joy Ranger. Instead of Texas Ranger, I'm a Joy Ranger. I believe that every one of us has that calling to be a Joy Ranger. All right, last scripture. Let me just say, everything that God has said about you will never change. I love this passage. This is a man that was hired to curse the people of God. He was going to get big money for it, but God said God was going to kill him if he said anything negative about God's people. But God says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent or change. Has he said and will he not do it? He has spoken and he will make it good. If you know the promises of God, you ought to be shouting about now. He will make it good. Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Now, you might have people that curse you. You might have people that, that uh, speak derogatory things, but it doesn't hold in God's kingdom. God says, I won't listen to it. There's another, you know, there, there's some more to this. And it's almost hard to believe because God says he doesn't see transgression in Israel. How many of you have read the Bible? <laughs> Dear Lord, you can't see it. I can point it out. <laughs> he says, I don't see it. When you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. He doesn't see it. Give it up. Let it go. Be a joy ranger. <laughs> the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. When your spirit man is built up on the word of God, you are sustained. But the Bible says who can... Who can bear a broken spirit? What's the broken spirit? It's the, it's the spirit that does not believe what God has said about you. Hallelujah. But that's why I'm here. Every time I get up, I, believe, I see myself as a Barnabas. Barnabas would always go around encouraging. Encouraging. Paul would kick people out. He says, hey, we're not taking Mark. He left. He left on the last one. I'm not taking it. And Barnabas said, yeah, we're taking him. Or I'm not going with you. 
I see myself as a Barnabas that is here to encourage you, to, uh, to get you to see where God has elevated you so you can live the life of Christ that would be an attraction for others and to do the works of Christ. Man, if, when you're doing the works of Christ, you are not going to have a boring experience. Come on. Well, I was going to have you repeat after me some things. But Katie already did it. And the Super Bowl's getting here. <laughs> now, we're, we're here to worship God today. Jacob and I, we have this agreement. We're just going to worship God for these for this time. I don't know about later, but thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that you are the Lord God. You change not. I thank you, Father God, that you, you are writing our names in a book because we have decided, Lord God, that we, that we want to hear the word. We have decided, Lord God, that we want to talk about the testimonies. We want to talk about the miracles. We want to talk about the things, Lord God, that you've done and, and you are doing and will do. Father God, we are confident, Lord God, that it's only going to get better and better because the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter under the full day. Father God, I pray and ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for each and every one, Lord God, to have a hunger for the Word of God in Jesus' name. If you're not born again, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask everybody to pray it with me. And if you're not born again, just pray that prayer and believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. And when he does that, he don't remember it anymore. Isn't that wonderful? You have to be God not to remember. That's an attribute of God. He can forget stuff. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. He was buried for three days, and then he rose again from the dead, never to die again. And that he's in heaven. He's ever living to make intercession for us. So let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose to believe that I've sinned, I'm a sinner, but your word says, if I confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Now I receive Christ as my savior and I receive you as my Father. I believe I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things passed away, and all things are become new. And I believe that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting my trespasses against me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
Do we have the, the team ready to come up? 